Being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, and we are Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Josh Goff. Legacy Automotive up in Boulder. Of course, Larry Unger answering phones and Charlie Grimes, our engineer. Todd, thanks for holding. What can we do for you, sir? Uh, yeah, about 12,000 miles ago, I had uh, new uh, new drums and new shoes put on. Okay. And shortly after that, uh, I started losing some brake pedal. Anyways, about uh, two weeks ago, the pedal pretty much went to the floor and they don't seem to be working very well either fronts or the backs and I was going through my manual and it says that you don't use uh, the DOT3 for my vehicle you will cause permanent damage and as I was going through the invoice from the place that fixed them they used DOT4 brake fluid so my question is, did they make a mistake, or is that a substitute for the DOT-3? DOT-4 is a substitute. And what are we working on? Uh, this is a 97 E350 Ford van. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. So obviously it must be something else that happened then. Right. And being drums in the back, I wonder, it sounds like the adjusters aren't working well and keeping the shoes adjusted. If it's kind of slowly gotten, you know, weaker over, over time. time. And you have, you have your pedal, you have kind of excessive pedal travel. Oh, yes, you bet. Could just be they're out of adjustment. Yes, or, yes. In, and if they're, you know, here's always asked, used to ask this question to folks that drum brakes are not that common anymore, so it's not as big of an issue. But at one time when it was very common, are you a uh, individual where you push on the bake? Well, uh, can't talk. Are you somebody that pushes on the brake while backing up in reverse, or do you just kind of slow down and throw it in drive? Uh, no, a little bit of each. Be more conscious of putting the brake on while reversing, because that's what's adjusting those automatic adjusters. The automatic adjusters work only in reverse when you're backing up. So what you might want to do just for grins, Todd, is go find a big open parking lot even today, uh, and just mm-hmm. do some, you know, drive about five miles an hour and hit the brake in reverse. Drive five miles an hour, hit the brake in reverse. Do that, I don't know, ten times or so and see if it changes that pedal feel at all. If it does, then we know we're on the right track. Okay, sounds real good. And if it doesn't, then we've got another issue. Right, and I was going to mention, too, uh, probably two and a half years ago, I uh, had new rotors, uh, pads, calipers, okay. master cylinder booster, you know, the whole shot, sure, really. Sure. And they, they were working good until uh, they replaced it and then put in that DOT4, but obviously that's not the problem. Yeah, that's retro. It's it's sort of like newer oil versus, you know, that new API 
oil spec, it, okay. it also fills in for the stuff that was older as well. So it, it's retroactive, I guess, is the best way to say that. Okay, now what's going to be the correct way to put in reverse? You said go about five miles. Yeah, so put in reverse, go about five, you know, again, make sure nobody's around you, of course, as, 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 you know, that's why a nice open parking lot works, because you can make a long, you know, because what we're going to do is we're going to back up, you know, keep it in reverse, but just back up, slowly push on the brake, back up, push on the brake, back up, push on the brake. Every time you back up and apply the brake, it's supposed to be adjusting those shoes up. Yeah, I've always heard that throughout my whole life, so hopefully I'll find out if it's true or not. And, and again, if not, it could be the adjusters are frozen or not working correctly, weren't installed correctly. I mean, all sorts of things can happen right. along those lines. I agree. Okay, John, thank you very You're much. You're very welcome, Todd. And, no. and drum brakes are something that even young technicians may not have seen. Yeah, they don't know how to do them. Because there's not that many around anymore. Really, they've been almost gone in most vehicles 20 years. Except for the Toyota Taco. Right. They still have them, or are they run a disc now? They still run drums in the oh, back. You gotta be kidding me! They say because you, you know how with drum or with discs you get rocks in them all the time. That's what Toyota claims is that so you don't get rocks in your rear That's drums. BS. It's, it's the that's cheap total house. BS. It's a, it's a way to cheap. Uh, yeah, they're just using a cheaper alternative. That's yeah, all. That's exactly. That's it. a bunch of non. Anyways, all right. Sorry, but that is Roy in Longmont. You're next. Yeah, this Roy in Longmont. How are you, sir? I'm super good. Talked to you about three or four months ago about a CBT and a 2019 Nissan Rogue certified doohickey. Okay. Um, right after that, my wife was rear-ended, so it took all this time to get the blooming thing out of yeah, shop. I'm sorry. I finally, uh, I finally took it in, and it's uh, chattering like everything when it's under load. They looked at it, said there was no error messages. Okay. Had the guy that... Um, shuttle driver drive it he couldn't hear anything i asked him to put his hearing aids in that morning but he didn't respond anyway still chattering still doing exactly what it was doing before so my question is what do you suggest now i just don't want my wife to be 30 miles from home when the thing decides it's going to give up the ghost are there additives is there anything i can do it i don't want to negate the warranty on it but this is crazy. And, and it's, okay, warranty-wise, it's the warranty that came on the vehicle, or is this something you bought in addition? Because the original warranty, the factory warranty, would be gone by now as a 2019. Right, it is, but it's, a, it's one of their certified used cars. Oh, I see. that extended warranty. I see. Okay, so this is this is through Nissan. Right. Um, I would What I would do, because what's happening, I, I believe, is the dealership, of course, is not wanting to spend any money on the car, of course, so they're going to probably tell you everything's working fine. I, when you're close enough to Boulder, I would have uh, somebody like Josh, Legacy Automotive, run their own analysis on it, give you a, a, you know, a written analysis as to what they found, and then if they find some things that need to be you know, taken care of, you take that back to the dealership and say, here, fix this. Okay. Now, it's going to cost you a little bit of money to do that, but at least you've got some ammo to go back to them on that way. Yeah, you know, if it happens to me, that's okay. I can deal with it. I just don't want my wife. Uh, no, it doesn't matter. I mean, doesn't matter you, her, anybody else, and he's fixed. Sure. And it shouldn't be chattering, period. Yep. Okay. Uh, let me have that number again. Tell him to get the good number for me. Okay. 303 <laughs> I remember it this time. There we go. <laughs> Give me the last four. 0555. I'll do it. 
Thank Roy, you. thank you. Appreciate show, it. No, thank you. Thanks for listening to. We appreciate it very much. And yeah, any of you guys that are up in that Longmont, Boulder, Frederick, Louisville, Lafayette, Superior, you name it, up in that northern area, Josh is our guy and has a full crew, very capable of fixing whatever you guys need done. All makes, all models, and we'll talk about this in a moment. Selling used cars now as well, Ridgeline Automotive. So there's something you guys need, something you're looking at. In fact, I had a question on a car purchase a moment ago that came in on a text line. I'll take this next call. We'll go to break, and then we'll answer that as soon as we come back. Lines open, by the way, 303-477-5600. Mail in Colorado Springs, you're next. Hi there. How are we doing? I have a 20, good. I have a 2015 Subaru Forester Turbo with 94,000 miles on it, and I get a little bit of vibration on braking, and I'm thinking that maybe the front rotors are warped, so I'm going to uh, change out the pads and rotors. Um, I was reading something that says that I actually need to do a complete brake fluid flush. Uh, in the past, I've only added to make up for the fluid that I uh, bleed out of the calipers. Uh, is that a recommendation now that you do a complete flush every time? It is, and on Subaru's manual, every 30,000 miles, they want you to flush the brake mm -hmm. fluid because it builds up water oh, really? in the fluid, and that's and that's what takes out calipers and, and all the metal parts from the inside out because it actually the water goes down the calipers and starts rusting them out you know, on the inside. So yeah, at Subaru's manual, is 30,000 miles mm -hmm. for a brake fluid flush. I didn't even look at the manual. I probably should have. Well, thank you very much. I certainly appreciate your advice. No problem. You're very welcome. Thank you, Mel. Appreciate it. Thanks for the phone call. Lines are open, 303-477-5600. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. I've got a question on somebody. One of you is asking on vehicle purchase, what to buy. Does it make sense and so on since Josh is now in that world uh, selling used cars? And, and, by the way, finding whatever you need, he can do that as well. We'll talk about that and more as soon as we come back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Geno's brake sale is going on now. Have you had your brakes checked recently? At Geno's, we recommend checking them every 5,000 miles. Stop in this month and we'll check your brakes for free. Should you need brakes, now is the time to take advantage of Geno's Napa Brake Special. This month, get a $40 Napa prepaid Visa gift card with a qualifying Napa Brake Parts purchase of $250 or more. For over 39 years, Geno's Auto Service has been serving Littleton and customers along the front range. As members of Colorado Select Auto Care, we back up our work with Napa's nationwide, peace of mind, 36-month, 36,000-mile warranty. Don't forget to check out all our Geno's Google reviews for a good snapshot of our business. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. Give us a call or go online to schedule an appointment. We're AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? 
Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them, and be polite. If you feel it's necessary, record the traffic stop, and then if you need any legal help, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law Firm. Kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic, altercations, and accidents, so put this number into your phone. 303-806-8886. You can also find Kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com. Kevin Flesh, Flesh Law Firm, and proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Napa A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. At Arvada West Auto and Truck, we repair your car in a way that most other mechanics don't. Modern cars and trucks are controlled by complicated computers. And just like your smartphone, they need an update every once in a while. Oftentimes, other mechanics ignore the complicated problems that your car's computers can have because the tools needed can be expensive and it takes time to learn how to use them properly. At Arvada West, we spend the money on the right tools and we take the time to learn how these updates can help to improve everything about your car. That's why our experienced technicians take the extra time to include updating your car or truck's computer to make sure it's running the best it can. Come visit us at 11752 West 64th and let Arvada West update your car or truck. Call 303-422-1065 to make your computer update appointment or visit us on the web at arvadawestautoandtruck.com. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks, by the way, all of you listening. Had a lot of great new callers today. Not that old callers we don't like, but we love new callers, and I appreciate all of you calling in and asking questions. Alfred and Tim, hang tight. I want to answer a question somebody texted about that I said we would answer on air. This person's looking for a new 2023 Kia Sportage Hybrid for my wife because of the relatively low cost of converting from our 2018 Subaru Outback Limited. Yeah, because the Subaru is worth a fortune, and they'll give you a fortune for it. And they'll allow you that on that Sportage, which makes it a really great deal. Question is, the mile-per-gallon ratings on the hybrid are 38 city, 38 highway, but some reviewers are only getting about 
uh, in the high 20s on the highway at 70 miles an hour. Do you think the 1.6 turbo is causing such poor mileage at highway speeds? Yes. Yeah, that's the answer. At 70, your hybrid isn't, you know, the, the battery system isn't doing much. You're relying all on that 1.6 turbo engine at that point. And especially in that, by the way, those are probably at low altitude numbers. You might even be a little worse fuel economy wise at our elevation. And yeah, those are probably going to be pretty true numbers. Now, if you're not driving it at 70 miles an hour uh, on a too frequent basis, then, you know, probably not a big issue. But yes, those are probably pretty accurate numbers Mm -hmm. in that 70 mile. If you're going to go on a long road trip driving 75 or 80 miles an hour, that's going to be about what your mileage is. Around town, you'll be back up into that 38 you know, in fact, I've driven one of those. You can get almost 40 miles a gallon out of one of those around town, no problem. Yeah, pretty easy. So, now, are there other options? Yes, but you're going to spend more money because, A, you're going to have to find one. B, they won't, you know, you're not going to buy one as cheap as the Sportage. For example, you can buy a, a RAV4 hybrid, which, for everybody listening, and I know I, I tend to beat up on car companies on a pretty regular basis, but that's kind of my job is to give you guys an unbiased opinion of what each one of them is doing. I will tell you, straight up, bar none, Toyota, when it comes to the hybrids, has the best system on the planet, bar none, period. So mm-hmm. while you may pay a little more money for the RAV4, uh, five or ten years from now, you will be thanking me for telling you to buy it versus the Kia. Nothing against the Kia. And if you're going to keep it on kind of a short-term basis and so on, I don't see anything wrong with doing it as far as what you're looking at. But if you can afford to spend a little extra money and buy the RAV4 counterpart, buy it instead of the Kia. Just saying. Mainly because Toyota has been the pioneer on that hybrid system, and they have got it dialed in. And they just keep getting better. And it gets better every year. Yep. Bar none. We have Gen 2 priuses with 300,000 on them they just keep going and going so so brad i know you're the one that texted in there's your answer from josh if it were me i i would look more at the rav4 if you could afford to step up and spend just a little bit more money now the other issue is going to be and josh and i were talking about this during the break finding one you're going to find a lot more kia hyundai's on the lot and we're not sure exactly why maybe because of their relationship with the chip manufacturers, given that a lot of those are coming out of Korea, and that's where those cars are made. Uh, I think the Sportage might actually be made here in the United States, but the parts are still coming in from over there, so that part of it is kind of irrelevant as to where it's assembled. Uh, Their relationship, I think, is giving them more capacity than some of the other manufacturers. So 2018 Subaru Outback, that that limited 3.6 in Colorado, isn't going down in value anytime soon. So even if you had to order a RAV4 and wait a couple of months for it, I would do that, make your best deal, and if they're not going to give you a great deal, call Josh. He'll sell that car for you and get you some good money out of it because that car, especially in Boulder, is worth a fortune. Yeah, the last of the six cylinders. You just you, That car will bring almost whatever you ask for it. So just a side note, Brad, if you need some help on that, Josh can help you. But personally, I would step up and buy a RAV4 by the Toyota Hybrid System on that particular make, model, and that series of vehicles. I'd step up and buy that before I would do what you're looking at doing. That's just my two cents. Thoughts, Josh? Yeah, go with the Toyota. You work on them. You you know more than anybody. I mean, Toyota's 30 years in the hybrid systems now. True. Mass producing. It's been that long, hasn't it? Yeah, because the first first, uh, one was late 90s, so we're getting close to 30 years. Amazing. It's been that long. 30. Amazing. All right. Alfred is up next. Alfred, welcome. 
Hello, John. How are you doing, sir? Okay, I have a uh, 2012 Dodge Ram 1500 uh, with a 5.7 V8 engine. Okay. And I've, I've installed a high-powered stereo hi-fi system in the vehicle. Uh, there's three amplifiers and a couple of other audio components. And it's going to draw an additional 100 amps of current. And I was thinking about maybe putting in a high-output alternator in that uh, You don't need to. Vehicle. They already have probably close to that right now running. You've already got battery capacity there as well. Just make sure your battery's in really great shape. That's probably the only thing I would double check to make sure that it's good. Other than that, you're fine. Yeah, pretty much everybody's 100 okay. amps anymore. Exactly. Okay, so... Uh, no need to upgrade that. In fact, you might end up doing yourself more harm than good by upgrading or what you think is an upgrade versus the factory unit that's there now. I see. Let's... Uh that's uh, good to know. And uh, let's see, you were also talking about, uh, uh, I think a caller called in earlier about getting a tick on the, the uh, yes. particular engine. Yes. Uh, 5.78. Now, I, I've tried uh, uh, the MOA and the EPR. Uh, I've tried both of those on, on the vehicle. And I, I, I still get the tick. Um, yep. Is there uh Nope. Is that, is that kind of a Just inherent to that engine? vehicle, yes. And, and I would keep doing that even though it may not seem to be helping what you'll find though alfred is it may not help but it's also not it won't allow it to get worse so that's the plus side to keeping up with the epr and the moa is at least the sound you have now won't change by using it and again i can't guarantee that it won't but your chances of it changing by using that are lessened greatly okay because that's a common problem with that engine okay and uh one other question uh what's the um uh, what's the basic difference between uh, uh, stable 360 seafoam and uh, BG? Uh, uh, what's that? The, the BG supercharge is the only one to use, in my opinion. Right. I've tested them all, used them all. I will tell you that the BG supercharge, I have had a tank of gas in an old car that is vented, that, that has air coming into it, which is the worst thing you can have when it comes to gasoline. I have had my old Buick with supercharge in it go two full years now granted i store it inside so i don't have the temperature differential that a lot of folks have but i've gone two full years on a stored tank of gas in that car with supercharge and still started up and ran almost on the first crank two years later okay. and not renting and not running it in between there at all so charge the battery crank it over pump the pump the carburetor a few times and wham it started right up and that's what was with bg supercharge and i can tell you alfred i've never had that luck with seafoam or stable Oh, okay. Well, that's that's good to know. So that's personal testimony on my end, not because you know BG's a sponsor. Even if they weren't, I would tell you the same thing. Okay. Okay. Well, that's uh, that sounds good. Then I'll I'll give that a try. It's a great product. So, and for all of you listening, by the way, that's storing any kind of gasoline. Uh, any length of time at all, especially on one that has air that can get into the system. What we have found is those closed systems, yes, the fuel will last much longer than it used to. The open systems, you definitely want to treat. And I, again, I recommend the BG Supercharge. Tim and Longmont, you're next. Yes, I've got a uh, 2020 Jeep Grand Cherokee that my wife drives. I hardly ever drive it. We did a trip to uh, Montana recently, and I wanted to lock something in the glove box. And I realized that they didn't give me a key from the dealer. Uh, vehicle is brand new. Do they typically have a, a key that will work on the lock on the glove box and to get in the the car manually if you have a problem with a fob? 
There's not one hidden in the fob. There is. There's a little button, and it comes out of the fob. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I asked my wife about it. She wasn't aware of that. Yeah, there's a little. It's a little yes. chrome button on the side, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going from memory here on those, but there's a. If I'm not mistaken, because my my truck's the same way, my Ram truck's the same way as your Cherokee. Oh. There's a little chrome button. Okay. You kind of it. It, it kind of looks like it's a part of the fob, mm-hmm. but it's but it is the button. It's a little little you know just a little square chrome button. You push that, and the fob will come out where the key ring attaches. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay, I'll I'll look for that. Okay. Yep. And and, 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 it, and you that, pull it you literally pull it out of the fob. Right. Yeah. It okay. doesn't like fold okay, out or you. like some of the Audis and some of the others they'll fold out with a little button. Yours you literally remove it from the fob. And if it's never been out, okay. sometimes they are hard so, yeah, to get out. Sometimes it's yeah, sometimes it doesn't seem like it's going to come out. Right. Okay. So you just have to maybe just get pull. The end of the knife yeah, or well, you, usually pull. what you can do is the keys are, you know, if you've got any other kind of key or there's a little key ring or something on it, you know, just kind of put your, yep. your finger in that ring and push the little chrome button and pull it apart and it'll come apart. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll look for that then. And, you, and, 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 and your spare, because uh, you, you always get two keys with every car, it's the same way. They're both the same. Okay. Okay. Well, they, uh, yeah, the dealer didn't tell me about that, so that's good to know. I also ran into something a while back. I've got a 2005 Ford Freestar, and I, it was my fault. I almost ran out of gas. So in the process of trying to get home, I was coasting downhill, which I know you're not supposed to do. But I noticed that the, uh, the RPM stayed up around 12 or 1,300 RPMs when I had it in neutral, coasting downhill. That's probably so, yeah. Okay. I was under the impression that it would drop down to about six or 700, which is a normal idle, it, idle range. It depends on the vehicle manufacturer, how it was programmed. And the reason I say that is a lot of those vehicles where if it knows it's still moving to keep brake function up and so on, it will raise the RPM up to make sure you have good vacuum and so on, and they'll just do that by default. Oh, okay. Well, that, that makes Cause sense. Because it knows you're in neutral driving at 50 miles an hour, for example. Right. The, the computer right. knows okay. that. Okay. Well, that, that makes sense. I had one other little tip that I found out on this trip. We were back on some back roads and things and getting in and out of the vehicle a lot. Uh-huh. And the seat belt's kind of a pain to put on and off, you know, when you're yeah. at low speed on four-wheel drive roads. Right. And I found that uh, that Jeep... The seat belt is way back. It's hard to hit the button because the seat belt, it's back behind or down mm-hmm. below the seat too right. far. Right. And I, I had bought a, a seat belt extender, which made it really easy to operate. But I found that you don't have to have the seat belt actually on with that extender in the uh, uh, oh, in the it thinks it's latched. Seat belt, it yeah. completes the circuit, I yeah. guess. So yeah. it's, uh, I kind of... Dinging drives me nuts when I'm, you know, just oh, yeah. driving around the farm or. Yeah, you know, no, I've been known to put those on behind you, and yes. you just sit, you know, sit on the front of the seat belt, and, and I never, I, I didn't say that though, by the way. No, me neither. <laughs> well, that's why I said it's yes, I understand, but I've, I've done that as well. But that's well, and you know, if what you're doing off road or the farm or whatever, yeah, I'm, I, I have no issues with that, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. So and, I, and by the way, for everybody listening, I am a on-the-road seatbelt wearer. I was taught that way from my dad. I, I never have, even before the seatbelt laws or rules or chimes even 
came into existence. My dad just taught me to wear a seatbelt every time you climbed in. So I am that guy. But to your point, Tim, if you're off-road, getting in and out a lot, driving around, you know, parking lots and doing things like that, no, I don't wear one doing that. Yeah. It's a pain yeah, in the rear. I'm right there with you. Yeah. So. All right. All right. Thanks for the information. No, you're very welcome, Tim. Great. Thanks for the phone call. And, yeah, that's how that fob works. And for a lot of you listening, that's if you haven't been told that by the dealer, um, even though some fobs look like they don't come apart, and even though it looks like there's no place to actually put the key, for example, the C6 Corvettes, which I happen to own one, they look like there is no place on that for a key to get into the car once the doors quit working, for example. So battery goes dead on a Corvette, they're operated electrically, you can't open the doors. Well, just so happens on this particular car, yes, the fob comes apart, and yes, back by the license plate up underneath hidden, there is a place where you can actually put the key in, turn it, open the rear trunk. There's little levers there that then able, enable you to open the doors. So almost every vehicle has the way you have to look in the owner's manual sometimes or, or on the internet, but typically there's a way to enter that vehicle with a key off of the fob, even though it may not look like it with the naked eye. And most of them are also where the, the lock cylinder used to be on the driver's door. They put a plastic cover. And you got to pop that off pop sometimes. That off That's right. So every one of these there. is different. So what I'm getting at is every fob will have that key. And I don't know if it's a rule regulation. I'm assuming it is because otherwise there's no way to get into a vehicle if if something happens so they've all got a manual a manual way to unlock the car if need be sometimes that gets a little bit tricky and again uh, if you know your owner's manual you'll know that on your own vehicle but you can always find it on the internet if you have to but every vehicle has the ability to get into it manually as far as the locking goes if need be so just something else to remember so all right lines open 303-477-5600 myself and josh will be right back this is drive radio klz 560 Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie, distributing your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. This week, we want to give you a little reminder on the best time to use a fuel system cleaner. As you ready your car for that summer road trip, make sure you top off the fuel tank with a top-tier gasoline and a fuel system cleaner like the BG44K. By cleaning your fuel system on a long road trip, you get the best possible opportunity to clean the entire fuel system while the vehicle is at operating temperature and maximum operating conditions. So, as you load up your vehicle and get ready for your summer vacation, make sure you use BG44K in your gas tank to get the best possible fuel economy for your road trip. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG Products. We'll talk to you again next week. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972, and it still leads the industry in cutting-edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass 
glass repair services offer limited warranties, or worse, none at all. You can trust the original Novus Pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield. Find a Novus location near you by going to our website, drive-radio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass, a proud sponsor of Drive Radio. We live in uncertain times. Energy prices are through the roof, but what can you do? You only have one option for your electrical and natural gas needs. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air can help you keep those costs in line by giving you a free evaluation of your heating, cooling, and electrical demands. They have several ways to save you money, one of which is an infrared test to see where heating and cooling losses may be in your home. Once they do this, they can test and help you determine what can best be done to help reduce those losses and how you can save money. They also have more efficient devices that you can upgrade to that will save you money and make your home more comfortable year after year. So for all of your electrical, heating, and cooling needs, give them a call today at 720-526-0231 or find them at fixitradio.com or drive-radio.com. That's Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, our major sponsor of Fixit Radio, Drive Radio, and of course, Ready Radio. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. All right, we are back. Josh Goff, Legacy Automotive and Ridgeline Auto Brokers up in Boulder as well. So if you've got a car you want to buy, you can call Josh as well. He'll find it for you and make all that happen. Take your car on trade if you want. Just depends on how you want to do things. Uh, Craig and Wheat Ridge, you're next. Hi, John. How are we doing? All right, got a question for you. Sure. I've got a, uh, an older friend that she bought a Subaru Outback okay. uh, 2022, ordered from the factory through an auto broker. Okay. And since you've um, and she basically doesn't know how to, she's never had a car with the technology package that that car has. She had an older, mm-hmm. uh, Hyundai accent or something that had no technology on it. Right. And so she doesn't know how to do things as simple as the trip odometer, uh, getting fuel economy, uh, averages and, and things like that, which I'm sure that car probably has. Oh Yeah. That's got the eyesight now, system probably on it as well, which does a lot. Now, again, buying it through an auto broker, um, I know they're kind of, you know, they prevent you from having to go to the dealership and deal with the, the dealership and, and negotiate and things like that. But don't they still have the responsibility of, of upon delivery of maybe going through a car like that and showing the owner 
Most do. I, yeah, I mean, how to operate the answer thing. is yes, and the majority that I've ever dealt with do, so I'm surprised they didn't, because normally that's a that's kind of a normal deal, yeah. Well, I, I thought so, too, and, and I don't know if she doesn't want me getting involved, but I ask her, you know, I'm trying to find out which broker, so I could call the broker and say, you know, I think you guys kind of missed the ball here. You should have uh, spent some time with her so she knows how to. I told her I could go through it with the owner's manual and, and and do the best I can, but I kind of felt like that's responsibility of the broker. It is. Okay. I well, think I it is. Wanted to make sure, I just wanted to make sure that, that that was still going on, that they just didn't hand somebody the keys and say, here's your car, enjoy it, goodbye. And then, Well, a, you know, a, a, a bad one would do that. A good one would make sure that the customer understands everything about the vehicle. Now, I will tell you on my end with – you know, my fleet guy that I buy th- buy things through and so on, which, you know, is where my fleet deal comes from and, and such. No, I, I don't get any instructions on how everything works and so on. You know, a little different situation. It's me. They they know I have the ability to find it, research it, and so on. And they don't work with the retail public, so it's a whole different ballgame. But retail, you know, people that are working with the retail public, even a broker, should be handling the things you're talking about, Craig. Okay. But... Well, I'm, I may suggest you just, you know, rather than me get involved, just her call them back. And, and by the way, she could always go to the dealer that vehicle came from and have them do it as well. Yeah. But my suggestion would be for you to go through it with her. She trusts you. She likes you. She's going to have a higher learning curve from you going through it. True, too. Instead of having somebody strange sitting there going over strange systems, she at least has one person she knows. So, I mean, I know it's it's time for you, but I think... She'd have if a, if a lot better that, chance yeah, 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 of, great of learning from you teaching it than having a stranger or the dealership teach it. Great and idea. they're going to be in a hurry. You know you know where you're going to put the time into it. So I think for her to learn it, you know, if you can take the time, that would be the best way to do it. Yeah, I suggested maybe she give me her owner's manual and I would read up on it and then I could, I could do that. But, and uh, YouTube's got a ton of videos on it mm-hmm. too, so that can help increase your curve instead of you know, reading the manual too. Most of them, once you sure. get in the swing of what they've done and you kind of learn their their way of doing it, it becomes pretty natural. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay. It's all ahead then, guys. No, no, I, no. It's great. By the way, great question, and that that's the difference between a a good auto broker and one that's not. So, speaking of you know new used cars and all of that, Josh, you're selling used cars now. Uh, you've got the ability, or if somebody wants a car, you can find it kind of i mean that's i guess that's the first question for you is what's the what's the used car new car market doing what are you seeing it might be slowing a little bit but i'm not really sure you know but it's still the auctions and everything are still busy as can be and and, cars and are still going. Price for, are still high. Yeah, I mean, we're new on, cars are still. You know, inventory is low. I mean, no I know they're inven- low just from looking at the lots. Yeah, there's no inventory out there, so it's hard. You know. If you want it now, we're not going to find it right now. You know, so be patient. You, yeah, be patient. So okay. if you got something that you want, well, you know, let, let me know, and we'll start looking for it. But, okay. you know, it's still pretty scarce out well, there. Well, it goes back is. to what I've always told everybody anyways when it comes to buying cars, homes, anything along those lines. Buy when it's not an emergency. Buy mm-hmm. when you don't need it. Buy when you have time to plan. Uh, you know, the case of the last one that we were talking about with uh, – you know, with the, the hybrid, you know, decisions. I mean, if you've got time to go through this whole process and do your research and find the right car, it's you're always going to get the best deal when you have time versus having to buy in a crisis. Right. If you buy in a crisis, you're screwed. You're, you're going to pay more money for whatever it is in the end. 
Because there's more to buying the car than just the price of the car. Correct. There's all kinds of different ways to finance it and different rates on different types of financing. And you exactly. know, if you're part of a credit union, that's the best way to go usually. Okay. If you can finance it. All right. All right. Sounds great. Russ and Cheyenne, you're next. What's going on, sir? Hey, how's it going? Good. So I picked up an 03 Mini Cooper. Okay. And uh, the uh, supercharger is pretty anemic on it. Um, it was a whole lot peppier down at lower level. Yep. Lower to sea level. I know they sell an uh, overdrive pulley for it. And uh, a bunch of people say that you need to do a tune on it. I'm just kind of, I guess I'm under the impression that our air is so much thinner up here that I can spin that a little faster not having to worry about a tune. You can. Okay. We, we, you, you know, we did right. superchargers back in the day on a lot of different vehicles at our altitude. In fact, in a lot of cases, you could run a smaller, you want to run a smaller pulley. So you you could you mm-hmm. could run a typically at this elevation depending upon the current pulley size, but typically you could go down at least ten percent in pulley size and not have any real ill effects on programming. But you're all you're doing is really upping the boost about what it would be at, ele, at you know at elevation anyways at, at you know lower elevation, and you're just trying to compensate that right. way. I, I never had yeah, to retune anything a, from doing that. Okay, they sell a fifteen percent. They sell a seventeen percent. Fifteen is probably what I would run. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I just figure if I can get it to spin a little faster. Yeah, it'll help. The it. other thing is the fuel mileage on it's pretty. A lot is a lot less than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, not, that's not going to um, change much. In fact, the pulley will well, make it worse. Yeah, it's going to be worse. I was going to say the problem is is if you don't keep the thing spun up over about three thousand RPM, it's got no power. Right. Yeah. And, and, and as so, you know, unfortunately, more air means more fuel, so less economy. Right. Okay. Well. I'll give it a shot. Worst case scenario, I can always put the old pulley back on. You, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're simple enough to change. So yeah, I mean, you can always play around with it. It's not a big deal. And typically, the pulleys aren't that expensive. Hundred bucks or so, and away you go. Yeah, for a belt and uh, the two piece pulley and uh, and a new thing of oil for the supercharger is one hundred and ten bucks. Yeah, that's so. not bad at all. No, it's not bad. So I didn't figure I could go wrong. No, that's not a bad deal. Okay. All right, awesome. Russ. I was just. Just want to make sure I wasn't going to cause myself. No, injury. no, I think you're fine. Okay. All right. Thanks, sir. Appreciate Thanks. it. We'll be back, guys. Don't go anywhere. Lines are open. 303-477-5600. Drive radio, KLZ 560. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. No one likes to be that person. You know the one stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. 
Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold certified auto care shop and employs ASC certified technicians. So don't be that guy and make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555 or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Arvada West Auto and Truck has been serving all of Western Arvada, Golden, and Wheat Ridge for more than 40 years, and they're proud to keep their customers' vehicles on the road. After starting out as a small gas station, they moved into their current building in 2004 at 11752 West 64th Avenue. Arvada West is a Napa Gold Shop, a designation only a few in the nation receive. And after 40 years of service, Arvada West Auto and Truck achieved the Napa Auto Care Shop of the Year for the Rocky Mountain Division of Napa. They'd be thrilled to welcome you to their family. Stop by or call Arvada West Auto and Truck, 11752 West 64th Avenue, just west of Sims, or call them at 303-422-1065. All right, we are back. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Myself, Josh Goff from Legacy Automotive and Ridgeline up in Boulder. Mike, you're up, sir. Hi, guys. I have a 2003 Toyota Highlander mm-hmm. that I'm looking to purchase. It has uh, 92,000 miles on it. Blue V6. And on the dash, the VSC light is on. That's the variable speed control. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I can't seem to figure out how to get that thing turned off. I put coteries on it. doesn't throw a code. I've done some online research. It says sometimes when the gas cap isn't on completely, all three lights will come on, the ABS, the VSC, and the check engine light. I've checked that. That's not the issue. I'm just wondering if that's something I need to be concerned about. Yes. Uh, you'll need to get, like, a factory equivalent scan tool because the OBD2 side okay. won't see what's going on with it. So you need something that can actually talk to its you know, um, ABS system and all that. And then it, there'll be a code in there to let you know what's going on with it. Okay. So we just need a factory scan tool to check it out. Then exactly. But with OBD. nothing else on it, what I think is that somebody probably did some work on it or the battery went dead and the steering angle well, sensor the is off. The battery, when I went to get the vehicle, the battery was dead. Okay. I had to put a jump box on it and so that's, charge it for a day. That's usually when I get a Toyota with that on and nothing else in it, when I talked to it with the factory scan tool, it has a code for the steering angle sensor being off, and you're going to need okay. a factory equivalent scan tool to reset the steering angle sensor. There's this whole process where you okay. got to, you know, put in a mode, drive in a straight line, and and it has to relearn the angle of the steering angle sensor. So without that, I don't think that light's going to go off for you. Okay, and is that a pretty um, costly process, or it's not too bad? I mean, most I don't, who do we have down in Highlands Ranch who could? Uh, Genos could do that Genos for you. Yeah, they can handle that easily. Okay. And next question is, um, I'm looking for that vehicle to replace my 2007 Chevy Uplander with 65,000 miles on it. Which, uh, which do you think of those vehicles is, is the one to keep? The Highlander. <laughs> the Highlander, by all means. Yeah. 
that's and, and just value-wise, I mean, that Highlander is going to hold its value on down the road just because of what it is. It's a good vehicle. Exactly. No, other than that, the car is perfect. Just that light. So, yeah, no, I fixed that. I and that again, that car is worth, and it will be continue to be worth good money. Okay. And last thing on that Highlander, uh, it keeps blowing the radio fuse. Um, short probably inside the radio, or is there a way to trace that from the battery to the ra- or the fuse box to the radio? Does it have an aftermarket radio in it? No, it's got the original. It has a cassette and a CD player. Oh. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing is, there's nothing stuck in the cigarette lighters on it, right? So somebody put a yeah. you know a cell phone charger or a quarter or usually a penny falls down in one of the cigarette lighters and. And makes that fuse go. Um, not to my knowledge, the cigarette lighter was in the back ashtray, so I'm guessing it, they could have had a cell phone charger or something in there. Double check all that. Yeah. But yep. Usually they don't lose radio. Same same circuit, so yeah. rarely yeah. does a radio itself go bad and cause the short that pops the fuse. Not saying it can't right. happen, but that's really rare. Yeah, and there's two there's two radio fuses. One's a seven point five and that runs the outside mirror and the clock. And that's radio one and radio two is a twenty five amp fuse and that's the one that blows. And that's also feeding some of your okay. other cigarette lighters and so on, and it's more likely in that circuit than it is a radio itself. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All As right. Usual. Thanks, guys. Mike, oh, thanks. By the way, no, go ahead. I have a, go ahead. Oh, twenty two GMC uh, 6.6, three-quarter ton, which mm-hmm. I absolutely love. Yeah, those good vehicles. Yeah, I hooked it up to my trailer. The trailer doesn't even know there's... Nope. The truck doesn't even <laughs> Nope, the it doesn't. It just hauls it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay, guys. Thanks, thanks Mike. Appreciate day. it. Nope, they work great. Um, Mickey and Loveland is next. Mickey, welcome. Hi, thanks. Thanks, John. Take the call. You uh, What I have, have is uh, I got a 91 Chevy. It's a motorhome. And it failed emissions on the CO part. Okay. And I have a, a test that I got in 2000, uh, or 2020, I meant to say. And the CO was at 2,500 RPM, was at 1, and, and the idle was 0.29. And then a year later, it went, I had to get the test done, uh, and the CO percent went to 3.46 and 2.58 so it failed at idle mm-hmm. um what what would cause that to do in one year have you driven it much no okay. i mean we took a trip back you know probably at 800 or 1600 mile round trip on it and and how long ago I mean, was that? Well, that was just um, two years ago. Okay. And how fresh is the fuel in it now? It would be from, uh, well, I guess it's from last year. Okay. Run, okay. A, run, run that tank out, put a full new fresh tank of fuel in it, add the BG <laughs> supercharge into this new fuel, mm-hmm. run some of that fuel through it, and then retest it. Okay. You, mo- pretty, you may, may very well just have old fuel causing that's, this. Yeah, that and what's the air filter look like? Check that as well. 
okay. Um, could the oil, because I haven't changed the oil. Mm. Um, could, although that's, it's possible. And I would, I mean, given it's that kind of time, I would probably change it anyways. I doubt that's causing the high emissions, but it wouldn't be worth, I mean, it, it, it's not bad to change it. I would go ahead and change it and then do the other as well. But it's most likely the, the fuel is getting close to being bad right now, especially if it was untreated. Okay. Well, I put um, the the stabil in it. Okay. But this is uh, this is an eighty gallon tank. Yeah. <laughs> Five dollars a gallon is, is. Yes. Well, and again, what you what you could do is is either drain some of that out, siphon it out, put it in some other vehicles, and run it out, or or whatever. And then yeah. when you put new back in it, you don't have to put a full eighty gallons in it. Put you know fifteen twenty gallons yeah. in it and get it retested. Okay. Um, so you just think that the gas is bad? I'm guessing that's yeah, part of it. Yes. Be... Yeah. The only nothing else changed. So yes, that would be my that'd be my number one guess. Okay. All right. Well, appreciate it. You're very and, welcome. Uh, no, thank you, Mickey, very, very much. And yes, a good fuel makes a huge difference when it comes to getting an e-test. Conrad, you're next. Hey guys, how you doing today? Good, sir. Good how show. are you? Oh, good. I got a shout-out real quick here for Louisville Performance and Cars Remember When. We got that distributor problem nice. fixed on Starsky. It nice. Arena. It's working perfectly. Good. It was what we suspected. They just needed to, to get that the distributor dialed in for that cam, so it's working great. Good. You know, driving it, enjoying it. But I have a story that I'm a little bit embarrassed about. <clears throat> when we were teenagers, my buddy had a 1970 GS Buick. Be a Grand Sport, or, yeah. you know, kind of like your car. I think yeah. it's a little newer than yours. Yep. He had a 350 engine in there that they put in it because the 455 blew up, and anyway, it, it died on him. He was driving it back from. We were living in California at the time. He was driving it back from Colorado, and it just died. And so we went back to try to fix it, and we were speculating that the timing chain was bad on it. So we got it back to California. We towed it back there and tore into that instead of checking the distributor. And all it was, we come to find out, was we because we got the the cover off of the uh, timing chain. The timing chain's fine. I pulled the cap off the distributor, and there's the rotor laying there broken yep. in the, inside. The, so we tore that all part for nothing. For a rotor. Yeah. For a $5 part. Yeah. Or back yeah, then, yeah. less than that. $1.50, yeah. Yeah. I thought I was real done from after I did that. But, you know, that's how you learn. We were like 19 years old, so we weren't all that yeah. knowledgeable, I guess. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's how you learn. Good point. Yeah. Right. Okay, well, enjoying the show, guys. You bet. Have a great afternoon. Thanks, Conrad. You do the same. Shows. You bet. No, have Thanks. a good time. We appreciate it. Lines open, by the way, 303-477-5600. Got about a minute left here of this hour. Then we'll come back for one more full hour. Uh, so, again, really quick, Josh Goff, a Legacy Automotive in Boulder, all of your repair, uh, whatever you need there. He can take care of repair, maintenance, you name it. And then on top of that, and by the way, diesel on on that side also. So if you get any kind of a diesel that you're – you own, operate, uh, even a fleet. Uh, Josh and the guys can take care of all of your diesel work as well. But then, of course, on top of that, now selling used cars. So if there's a car you've been looking at, thinking about buying, something that you want him to find, uh, he'll do his best to, to look at that and find it. Again, as we said a moment ago, the biggest thing when it comes to that end of things is patience. Mm-hmm. Right? Very much so. And Patience and... How should I say this, Josh? A lot of folks will say, I want a... A red blah, 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 blah. Well, you also need to be able not only have patience, but probably be a little bit 
uh, movable when it comes to certain items on the vehicle, color, right. maybe some options, and so on. I mean, if there's a specific vehicle, hey, I want a, I want a 2020 Rav4. Okay, great. Now, getting specific on color and options and so on is where it gets a little bit dicey. Finding a 2020 Rav4 would be the main thing. Right. Right. And then you get whatever happens to maybe come along. Now, it's not to say that you can't wait and find the right one, but again, some of these you're going to be waiting a while if you're going to get really, really, really specific on what you want. Yeah, because there's just not a lot of cars out there. There is not. And folks, I'm here to tell you, we'll talk about this this next hour. I think the automakers are lying. I think they're lying to their stockholders. They're lying to the press. They're not producing near as many vehicles as they claim they are. They're cheating. They're building vehicles and have them sit on lots because they're not fully completed. They're counting them as sales. Because let me tell you what, any of us with two eyes can look around at what's on these dealer lots, and they're not there. So every one of these manufacturers, in my opinion, is lying, fibbing, and telling a story as to how many vehicles they're actually making. That's my opinion. We'll come back in a moment and talk about that. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.